Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Give and Go podcast. We have one half of the Dream Team, Jordan Taylor and Raj Sharma. Jordan Taylor is not with us today. My boy too busy. He's out here living his own life. He's out traveling Europe. So we have to bring in somebody special to take his place. And we have none other than our resident analytics expert, Adam Kroon. Hi, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Man, you sound like Kawhi post-interview. What's going on, man? I'm a fun fun guy. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely a fun guy. Welcome back to the pod, my man. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no worries, man. We, We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, a couple game sevens that we had. Um, but we're first, guy. yeah, yeah. But, but, but before that, we're going to talk about another game seven, uh, that we had out in King's Landing. Uh, we had Daenerys Targaryen taking off against the queen, Cersei. Um, yeah. just a warning for everybody. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones season eight, episode five, we like to talk a little Thrones before we get going. Adam, what, what were your thoughts, man? What, what uh, did you did you enjoy the episode? Uh, you know what? I thought it was pretty lame. What? Uh, no. Yeah, I just I don't know. It, the the whole ending with Cersei and Jaime left a little bit left. Uh, left yeah. Tired, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, let's talk about this a little bit. You know, like we we started out the episode with. Uh, you know, Daenerys looking, looking a little rough. Looking a little yeah. rough shape. Uh, yeah. yeah, she was betrayed yet again by one of her advisors. And, uh, and Varys was the first one to die. He got he got burned alive by the dragon. Uh, smart move? What do you think? You know, she she made it known. If you're opposing her, like, she's, she's going to make you pay. Yeah, she didn't really think twice about pulling the trigger there. Yeah. It was kind of... You know, I've uh, I've had enough. Let's go. Yeah, it was weird. You know, the one thing I didn't enjoy about that is, you know, she's always complaining about how the dragons don't have enough to eat. Well, you know, Varys looking a little thick these days. Uh, that could have been great dragon food, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you might have been right. I never thought about that. Yeah. That yeah, I didn't like that. But hey, going into the main battle scene, you know. I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, it was a little odd just seeing the dragon just run in there and just run wild on the entire crew. Yeah, I'm not really too sure about that. Like, you saw you saw the dragon, you didn't see Daenerys at all. But, I mean, I guess it's, you know, by proxy that you saw her just going absolutely nuts. Yeah. No, it was a very interesting episode. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, it's there's a lot to be left... Uh, to, to be answered, um, because obviously, you know, Cersei's, they're the town, the people, the golden, what was it, the golden army, golden empire? Didn't last that long. No, no, the golden company, that's what it was. Yeah, they, the golden company. Yeah, yeah they, they went to go forfeit, and they dropped their weapons, and Daenerys, completely out of character, goes and just continues the onslaught and the, the, the slaughter. Yep. It was, uh, I thought it was pretty funny because they, they totally, uh, you know, pulled the golden chain, uh, the golden company's chain a little bit, making them seem, you know, all badass. And then all of a sudden they're gone in what, like 30 seconds on camera. Oh yeah. Yeah. They those, ele- ele- those elephants would have made a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. We needed the elephants. That That's what we were missing. We were missing the elephants, man. Seriously. <laughs> wanted those damn elephants. 
But uh, yeah, and then later on, you know, we had the hound uh, taking out the mountain. I thought that was a uh... game bowl number two, man. Oh man, that was okay. First of all, what the hell is the mountain? Uh, that thing is not human. Whatever that yeah. was. No, he's completely undead. I think in the books, the transformation process that uh, Kaiba made uh, Kaiba made to him is like he like removed all of his blood or oh. something like that. Oh, I damn. don't quote me on it, but it was <laughs> something completely supernatural. So he's basically undead. Oh yeah, he, that dude was wild. Like uh, I don't know, a couple things I didn't like. Uh, you know, well we had the the scene with uh, Jamie Lannister. Trying to make his way where he, he ran to uh, Euron there. Yeah. Uh, we got to see Euron's plot armor finally removed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude. He, he's, he's dead now. It's amazing. That was that was an amazing comeback by Jamie. You know, it yeah. was like it was like the uh, the Warriors, you know. Euron is the Warriors up 3-1 versus the Cavs. And, and there you go with Jamie making that comeback that, uh, you know, I thought he was out when they stabbed him, but he got yeah, the he last left. He made that two-kidney comeback. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the two-kidney comeback, you know. You're on blue, a two-kidney lead to uh, to Jamie Lannister in that uh, that final game. Yeah, uh, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a scene with Cersei and uh, Daenerys uh, facing off. Yeah, I, I kind of think that it's going to come, like, like, I mean, the ending, everything caved in on Jamie and Cersei, but, like, you got to think that they have to like actually see each other face to face. Yeah. Like if that's it, it's just so lame. Yeah. But this whole, this whole season has been about giving the viewer nothing what they wanted. That's the <laughs> theme. They're so, so petty. I They're... mean, it could be Sesame street on episode six for all we know. Right. It's true, man. Elmo might be, uh, might be, might win this game of Thrones by the end of this. Exactly, man. All right. Think well, great. I know they don't give the people what they want. But here at the Give and Go, we do. So, you ready to Give and Go? I'm ready. Let's do this. NBA Give and Go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Give and Go podcast. As mentioned before, it's the host that actually cares about this show, uh, Raj Sharma. Uh, I, I found a replacement for Jordan. Um, you know, I got my boy, Adam Karoon. Adam, welcome to the pod. You have to go deep on the bench for this one. That's okay. Oh, man. Don't, Jordan's trash. Don't worry. You replace him soon enough. <laughs> kid, Jordan. Love you. Love you, bro. Hope you're enjoying your trip. Yeah, uh, too, big guy. <laughs> so, Adam, we got lots to talk about. Uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is the shot that was seen around the world. It was the first ever Game 7 buzzer-beating game winner in NBA history yeah. by none other than Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, have, I still have no words. I... Watched the game last night, talked about it nonstop for four hours, went to sleep, woke up, talked about it again on the way to work, talked about it at work, went and played softball, and now I'm talking about it again tonight. It's just, just no words for it. I don't, uh, Yet, I don't know. It was a historic moment, like Canadian heritage moment right there. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that was probably the greatest moment in Raptors history. That shot right there. Yeah, you know what? It, it hands and feet above pretty much everything else. You know, before this, what did we have? Like All-Star Game, Vince Carter? Or the shot Vince Carter missed in Game 7 against yeah. the Sixers 18 years ago? Like, yeah. yeah, our greatest moment was like literally Carter missing a shot that could have taken us to the, to the Eastern Finals. Or, yeah. or maybe that, that block by Bismack Biombo on LeBron James that was called a foul. That yeah. was our greatest moment up to this point. Yeah, you know what? Low-key, though, I think two of the uh, like the greatest moment was, what, two seasons ago when we had two decisive Game 7s against Miami and Indiana? Right, yeah, that right. was those are big. That that season was pretty magical. Even what do, we, we lost in six against the Cavs. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, the Bismack year. Yeah, that was Bismack. And then he got paid. Yeah, man. But this moment tops it all, in my opinion. I was watching with my brother, my my dad. I had Ubby and Gurick, a couple friends around. And we all just lost it. Absolutely lost it. I I couldn't believe it, man. I was literally in shock. I, uh, (laughs) I don't even know what to do, man. I shed a tear. I shed a tear. All the pain, all the suffering we've been through as Raptor fans. It kind of just it, it came to a head last night. You know, I saw a stat this morning that said that uh, last night's game was the highest viewed NBA game all time in Canadian history at wow. five point eight. I think it was like five point eight non unique, uh, five point eight million non unique views, and like estimated at two point two million people watching. Wow! At any given point, so yeah, it was pretty crazy. And and that just goes to show how much this game is growing in this country. Um, all right, you so think, you think about it. Carter's shot was the one that made players like Tristan and Jamal Murray and, and all these kids that are coming up right now. Last night's game in 15 years, like the league is going to be 75% Canadian. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, <laughs> and can you, can you imagine like all the kids now that have watched this game and what Carter did for our generation is yeah what Kawhi Leonard is potentially doing for future generations of Canadian basketball players. 100%. You know? It's and, like, he only played, what, is it 54 games this year? Uh, I think it was 62. 62? Okay. He played 62 games, so 20, 20 games short, short of a full season, and it's been nothing but magic. Every time he's hit the floor, I have literally been in awe. Like, it, I said this probably a week after we traded for him, but if you look at his statistics and his winning percentages, regular season and in the playoffs, we essentially traded for Michael Jordan. Yes, yes. Can can he start getting the Maple Jordan nickname? Can we can we steal that from? Uh... No, 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 no. It's something completely different. Uh, you know, Kawhi is always going to be the claw, but like, you know, it, it, it's good. It's good. So, so what percentage of this win do you uh, do you give credit to Drake for? Uh, as you know, big shout out to Drake. He was wearing 76ers shorts during the game, uh, as was seen on his Instagram page. Drake, very so, self-aware. He knows what's up with that curse. You know, I'll give Drake 0% of the credit for the <laughs> win. However, I'm going to give Drake 100% of the credit for recognizing the meme. So, oh, okay. on him and playing it out, like, he gets props for that. For sure, man. And, uh... And uh, one thing I did notice, though, that the Raptors will have to correct, um, 
It looked like everybody outside of Serge Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard were just scared to shoot or do anything in this game. Did, did you did you see that out there? Like, uh... so Lowry like dislocated his thumb last night. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he said he popped it back in like mid play or something like that. Um, like he was basically playing one-handed last night right. so shooting for him probably not the best right no um, and he had for, done that actually to his ring finger last series yeah exactly so the dude is what on one hand is like playing three out of five yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i mean freddie hit, said it, uh stepped, stepped up and hit a shot last night uh, norm didn't play at all mm-hmm. um but you know what like it, honestly, I think last night was a team victory, like whoever stepped on the floor. And in the last two minutes, I don't think I've ever seen the Raptors play defense the way that they played last night. I think in the total game, they had they forced two 24-second shot clock violations, and they almost had a third in the in the last two minutes there. Like, yeah. they were pumping on all cylinders. And I think that's what they have to do uh, going forward is just rely on that defense because the offense seems to come and go. Um, so defense is where they're going to have to definitely step it up and, and, you know, make that the core principles behind their winning here. Yeah, I think if I remember from all my uh, blog posts this year that, like, the Raptors were about, like, the seventh best defensive team in the league. Don't quote me on it. And the Bucks were, like, top two at any given point. Um, like, you're looking at two really good defensive teams yeah. coming up and playing in the finals now. You know what? It's let's talk about that. Scary. Let's yeah, talk sure. about that matchup, actually. Let's just, let's jump right into that one, because uh, it's pretty big, man. They... I think the Milwaukee Bucks are actually a better matchup for Toronto than uh, the 76ers were. Yeah, I think the stats are a little misleading. Out of the four games the Bucks and the Raptors played this year, I think, don't quote me on it, I think Kawhi played two of them. The Raptors lost, uh, they went one and three in the matchup, but most of the games were close. Yeah, I, I also don't think uh, Mark Gasol played in any of them. No, he didn't. That so, all the games happened before the trade deadline. Exactly. There's a lot to be, uh, lot to be played out there because they're completely different teams every time they played. Um, but the Bucks, man, they've looked absolutely unstoppable so far. Yeah, you know, I don't think Boston had the mindset to beat him. It, you know, like they tried to do the hack a shack thing with him, except he can shoot free throws, and now he's shooting threes at like a really high clip. Like, honestly, I think the way to beat this team is to stop Chris Middleton and stop Eric Bledsoe and let Giannis just do his thing. Yeah, and just pack the paint. I think that's yep. what everybody uh, was doing, and, and that seemed to work relatively well. Well, at least better than not packing the paint against Giannis, yep. where everyone just seemed to build a wall just to stop this dude because he's well, a freak. Look at the look at the players that we have on this team. Like Lowry is leading the playoffs and charges taken by like 
Like, there's nobody even close to him. Yeah. And and Marcus all stepped up, and I think he took two charges last night or two charges across the last two games. Like, I, I think everyone's pretty willing to give up their body in order to, to make sure that no one's going to try and drive hard. Yeah, know? I think that part of Lowry game, Lowry's game has been very underrated where he actually is like an elite defensive player now that he's not having to focus so much on offense. I agree. I, I honestly think that, like, you know, Lowry's first game where he scored zero points, I think was really, really shitty of everyone, you know, harping on him for that. Like, I might have harped on him. I'll take, I'll take the onus on that. But, like, the dude does so much more in the game than score. For sure. And, you know, I just, I think that that's probably going to come up pretty big in the series, or at least I hope it is. No doubt, so. man. All right, well... That's the Eastern Conference for us, but let's talk about the Western Conference a little bit. Um, we haven't actually podcasted since the big uh, Warriors win in Game 6 against the Houston Rockets, where they eliminated them without Kevin Durant. I don't want to get too much into this, because we want to actually talk about the Game 7 first. So, Adam, uh, the Game 7 between the Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers Ended in a game where the winning team scored 90 points. Yeah. Uh, who saw this coming? I, well, I mean, scored 90 points. It was the exact same as the Raptors game, right? Like, what nope, McCollum yeah. have 37 points and yeah. Kawhi had 41? Yeah, exactly. Right? It was a one-man show. was almost, like, unstoppable in the fourth quarter, from what I remember. Like, everything he did was just, like, straight cash. Yeah. Uh, Lillard struggled in this game. He shot three for 17. If you three told- for 17, but he had a complete game. If you look, like, I think it was, like, hold on. I'll find the, I'll find he the did. line, or unless you but have it. I, I don't have the stats in front of me there. I just I, I remember that stat because I was, I was thinking that if you told the Blazers before this game started that Lillard was going to shoot three for 17, guaranteed they would have told you, no, nah, we, we're getting blown out. 100%. I would have said the exact same thing. Okay, 13 points, 10 boards, 8 assists, 3 steals. Oh, yeah. He he uh, he contributed in other ways, and that's what the superstars have to do. Um, yeah. Denver, I was honestly rooting for Denver in this game because I felt like they would be able to handle the Warriors a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic has been an absolute monster in the, in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, he missed a bunch of shots. Paul Millsap was missing shots. Uh, yeah, he, and Jamal Murray didn't have a good game either. He finished with, hold on, 17 points, yeah. 6 points, 5 assists, yeah. It, it was just, it was a tough day for the Denver Nuggets at home. I mean, like, everyone says that Jokic missed a bunch of shots, but he still ended the, the, the game with 29 points. Like, Yeah, he's, right? he's, uh, he's vaulted himself into that top three center in the NBA conversation. Oh, I don't, dude, I think, <laughs> okay, yeah, he is. Well, I mean, it's so hard to say. Like, do you do you say that Anthony Davis is the center? I would say so. Okay. All right. And then what? Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, well, I put Gobert ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. Oh no, no. no sorry. No. <laughs> okay. No. Gobert's top five, but he's not ahead of Cat. Well, I value winning a lot too. I, I guess uh, as far as like an All NBA team, first team goes or second team goes. Cat is not getting any votes this year for his lack of winning. Yeah, but did Cat win another fantasy league title this year? I'm pretty sure he did. Okay, so I'll take Cat over Gobert. Okay. 
Good job, man. So let's Shout talk out more. to Patterson. Shout out to Patterson. Yeah, yeah, Stevie P. We'll, we'll get him on the pod one of these days too. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Warriors a little bit, man. They went back and Curry, you know, once again showed us why this was his team. You know, he struggled early on. He had zero points in the first half. But the other guys carried the slack in that first half for him. Clay Thompson was absolutely huge in that game six. And come the second half, Steph Curry drops 31 in the half and absolutely takes over this game to beat the Houston Rockets on their own home court in a game that they expected to win in blowout fashion with Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins both out of the lineup. Well, I mean, what went wrong? If you expect to win a game, you're pretty much already shooting yourself in the foot. Well, like yeah. nothing in the playoffs is a given. Nothing. Well, you know these guys are arrogant. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul, James Harden—they always think that they're better than their opponent, and it came to bite them in the ass right here. Not, not gonna lie. Like, I, I even heard a report. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, the day before the game, Steph Curry was getting shots up in the Houston's practice arena, and. Uh, Chris Paul walks in and kicks Steph Curry out of the arena. What? What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got security to remove Steph Curry from the building. Oh my god. I You know what? Like, Chris Paul's a good player, but like, when you hear about half this, some of the stuff that he does, it's just like... You know, I, I, I know eight-year-olds that are a little bit yeah. more polite than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So where do the Rockets go from here? Like, this is – is this it? Do they do they rebuild? Well, yeah, yeah, you blow it up. Honestly, like, look at – Chris Paul's, what, 34, and you got four more seasons on his contract, averaging something like, what, 33.3 million, 33. Oh, yeah. million yeah. on, on the remaining years. Like – I saw something today that I actually kind of choked on because it's that dumb. But Chris Broussard said that, you know, the first thing that Daryl Morey should do is is uh, give Elton Brand a call and see if he'll take CP3 for Ben Simmons. Oh, and, man. like, as dumb as that sounds, like, no GM in the league is going to take that ever. No. But, like, I was actually like, you know what? It kind of does make stupid sense. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, but I am not trading Ben Simmons anytime soon. That's interesting because I've heard a lot of rumors where Ben Simmons, you know, that's how Philly improves, where they look to move Ben Simmons for somebody who fits better with Joel Embiid. I mean, yeah. Ben Simmons, he was neutralized for most of those Raptors series because they just didn't let him get into the paint. And right. if he's not getting to the paint, he attempted one shot outside of the painted area. He's got to improve. That's got to so, be something he adds. This is Ben Simmons' third year in the league mm-hmm. and his second year playing. Yep. You remember he was redshirted his first year, right? That's right. Dude's only getting better. Like, if you, if anyone thinks that they can criticize Ben Simmons for not playing well in the Eastern Conference semifinals in his second year, not even LeBron did that. Like, what can you do? What can you ask of the guy? Like, I want you to carry this team and, you know, even beat Giannis. Like, well, you know, I would want him to at least attempt to shoot that mid-range or that three-point line just to keep the defenses honest because it was screwing up with all their uh 
There's spacing. You know, that's well, what I thought. You know, he's so big and so versatile. I think that Ben makes all of his money driving. And I don't know why he didn't. And he, he's got such a tight handle, so quick for his size. Like, it, it just looked like he was scared to do anything. But you know what? Give Embiid and Simmons some time to stew on it, and they're only going to get better. And, like, if you only get one of Tobias and Jimmy on that team next year, I think it's actually going to be a lot better. So, uh, don't forget, JJ Reddick is also a free agent. Yeah, I think he's gone. Like, if you look at the price point there, what did they got him signed for, like, $21 million or $20 million yep. right yep. now? There's no way they retain him, even with Butler and, and Tobias. Like, he's going to go somewhere else. Give Reddick the keys to the, to the Laker boat that's going down <laughs> right now, you know, right? Yeah, it would be interesting to see if Reddick chases the money again this summer or if he uh, tries to go to a contender. You know what, though? I don't know if it's chasing money because he did exactly what he was supposed to do all of the time. He was the scariest three-point shooter on the floor, bar none, any game. Oh, yeah. Like, what was it, game one or two where he went off for, like, four three-pointers in, like, one quarter, and it was just like, holy crap, holy crap, yep. holy crap. That, Somebody got yeah. to defend him. Like, that was game two. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, I don't think, like, I think he got good money, and I think he's a good player. Is he worth $20 million? Probably not, but he's he's a pretty good player. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens this offseason. But yeah. uh, let, let's go back to the finals now, the Western Conference Finals. Uh, we've just got a couple minutes left on the pod here, so I want to hear your take, man. What do the Portland Trailblazers need to do to beat this Golden State Warriors team, who might be without Kevin Durant again for Game 1? Honestly, I think it's going to come down to athleticism. I think that's what Portland has in droves. Like, if you look at their lineup up and down it, it's just nothing but athletic freaks. Um, you outrun them out of the gym. You out-defend them. You out-rebound them. And you just hope for the best. Like, it's going to be a shootout. It's Clay and Steph versus CJ and Dane. And then whose role players win? Yeah, uh, Katie's probably going to come back after Game Four, from what it's sounding like, if at all, you know. Um, and there's rumors advantage. Boogie Cousins might be back too. Yeah, right. Which so, I'm not a huge fan of personally. He just tore his quad. Yeah. Uh, he needs to rest. He if he ends up coming back and injures himself further, he's going to cost himself a lot of money. You know what? You know if he does it. I think that's. I think it's okay. Like I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's not a dummy, right? Um, that's debatable. Gonna, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, debatable. Yes, but I mean, he's only ever gonna get this chance once in his life. He he threw down like he was given max money by New Orleans. Like they gave him two years at what like thirty, and he turned it down and signed for five over one with Golden State because he wanted the opportunity to be on a good team. Yeah. So, you know what? If he wants to go out there and play his ass off and possibly risk, you know, a full season of, you know, just having to repair, you know, pulling an Isaiah Thomas or something like that, then all for it, man. You know what? If I was in his position, I'd probably do the exact same thing. I'm never going to get a ring. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's see what he does here. And if he does come back, it'll be a pretty ballsy move. Uh, I think the Portland Trailblazers, they gotta they gotta do a lot here. I think 
Dame who who always gets up for these big moments, you know, Dollar Dame, you know, Logo Lillard, whatever you want to call him these days. He had a big series when he went up against the OKC Thunder and Russell Westbrook to try and prove that he's the best point guard in the league. And I think he's going to do much of the same against Steph Curry. You know he loves to prove himself in these big moments. And uh, for them to have any chance, he's got to have a series where he plays at an MVP level and he scores over 30 a game. 100%. But you know what? Like, you've said it. Like, he rises to the occasion. And, you know, like, this might be the magical season for, you know, him and CJ. So, you know what? Like, regardless of who wins, it's going to be a kick-ass series. Yeah, I so, think I think both these final series are, are definitely going to be amazing to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, that's all the time we've got on the podcast today, my friend. Yep, yeah, it's all good. Well, thanks again for coming on board. No problem. And. Yeah, so this has been another episode of the Give and Go podcast with Raj Sharma and Adam Kroon, who did a lovely job filling in for Jordan Taylor. Love you, boo. Hey. (laughs) So, just a reminder, folks, um, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, anywhere that you like to find your favorite podcasts. Adam, I'm, I'm kind of I'm struggling a little bit because this is usually the part where Jordan takes over and I usually just chill and start checking my phone. Uh, but, you know, big shout out to basketballers.ca as well. Uh, the one and only uh, sponsor of the Give and Go podcast. We'll be back with the basketballers.ca next season, giving you the hottest power rankings and fantasy basketball information. And yeah, we, we are. I'm going to give it a facelift soon, too. So, you know, hopefully it'll be nice next season. That's right. So stay tuned. And don't forget, we've given you the information. Now we want you to go do something with it. Give and go podcast. Adam, this is where you say we out. Oh, yeah. We out. Boom. <laughs>